All right, what's up, guys? It's Analyst here again. Uh, yeah, that's right. Two podcasts in a row. That means it's officially a thing now. So we're on to week four, and I'm joined again by Brian, a.k.a. the Matchmaker. What's up, Brian? What's going on? What's going on, Analyst? What's up, Analyst Nation? Back again for uh, week two. So I guess this would be, what, a week four prep? Week four matchups. Yep. So we're going into week four, uh, starting with the game on thursday uh what quick recap of week three a lot of the sky high guys like john ross kind of came back to earth and uh some guys stood their ground like terry mclaurin who we were both even talking about right before we started recording but uh we'll, we'll get to him soon enough i think he's actually the second matchup we end up talking about with the uh, redskins and giants so uh we'll get into that and uh cover everything going on this week as you guys know, we want to just pump straight into it. That way we can save as much time as possible and you guys can get the information as fast as possible. Just a quick thing, if you guys already, aren't already following us on Instagram, on fantasy.football.analyst, Brian here is Fantasy Football Matchmaker. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, just give us you know a quick five-star rating if you really feel like you enjoyed it and the information was helpful. And uh, yeah, it helps us out a lot. So... We're getting back into the game, and without further ado, let's get into the first matchup. So, first matchup, Thursday night, Philadelphia Eagles going into Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Now, uh, Carson needs a little help, right? Um, He's supposed to be getting Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard back for that Thursday night game. I know Goddard played last week. He didn't really do too much. He wasn't too involved. Um, But he needs a little help. He's had two game-winning touchdown passes dropped in the last two weeks and he's still he's still been great for fantasy right he's given up he's putting up like 20 plus points a week it's just a matter of having all his weapons with him so how do you feel about the eagle side of this matchup on thursday i know it's uh it's been frustrating last couple games especially being a philly fan uh seeing those drop balls there he he definitely needs some help i'm not too concerned about wentz at all um Alshon, I'm reading he will be back, but is he going to be 100%? I'm not too sure. Uh, Godard actually is, is a, kind of a, a decent part of the offense, I guess. Like he, he is capable of catching quite a few passes, especially if they try to bottle up Earth. So uh, it's going to be tough, though. Green Bay's defense is, is definitely much improved over last year. Yeah, they, they actually have a defense this year. And I, I remember after the first game, uh, it was after the game, Aaron Rodgers was so happy, he smiled, he said, I have a defense. Like they, they got a defense, finally. <laughs> And who knew, after all these years, right, with Aaron Rodgers, the only thing he needed was a halfway decent offensive line and a defense. Who knew? Who knew? So Exactly. It, it doesn't seem like rocket science, but, I mean, it, sometimes it takes them a little while uh, to, to, get, to get your stars what they need. And so just uh, coming off the second week, Nelson Aguilar, huge game, uh, two touchdowns, I think it was like over 50 yards and, five-plus catches. I don't have it exactly in front of me, but Aguilar did have a very, very big game. I don't expect too much. I, I Don't put your expectations that high for this upcoming week. Um, it's a tougher matchup, and like we said, Alshon Jeffrey likely returning. Dallas Goddard can be a full go. We, we know No official word on either of those two guys yet, although they're both expected to play. So uh, Aguilar-wise, be a little careful. Alshon, if he's healthy, well, We'll say healthy. If we'll say if he's playing, are you starting him? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. It, it, it's tough though. Like Alshon, every game he plays, he's kind of a threat to score a touchdown, just being such a, a big body receiver. And, and Wentz loves to throw him the ball in the red zone, so uh, it's tough kind of not to start him. But if you have a more reliable option, I would definitely look there first, just to 
just to get Alshon back in one game and get him into the swing of things to, to see how much volume he's going to get. But my main concern with Philly is, is their running game right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they're running a huge committee, and no one really seems to want to step up and break out. Um, it was good to see Howard get in the end zone there, but uh, Sanders needs to get it going. He's only he's due for a big game, I think. Could, could this be the week? I don't know. He might uh, be a little fired up after that missed uh, face mask call. Did you, did you happen to see that one? Yeah, I saw that. I saw a lot of people were uh, putting that on Twitter and stuff like that. A lot of people saying, how did they miss this face mask? His helmet like almost came off. All right, so... Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want to start any of these Eagle running backs until one of them just kind of put themselves in front of the other. I don't know if that's really going to happen just because the way Peterson runs his offense and they're just going to keep changing guys up and it's going to be a committee no matter what, unfortunately. So, and uh, some, someone's even asking me, say, what about Darren Sproles? If Darren Sproles gets hurt, won't that make more room for someone else? But in reality, if Darren Sproles gets hurt, then... Corey Clement kind of just jumps into that role. So either way, I don't feel comfortable starting any of these guys right now until one of them puts themselves ahead and they see that work. We saw them doing it with JHI in the beginning of last year. It didn't last long because it got injured. But uh, overall, it, it's possible. Just hold on to Miles Sanders right now and uh, hopefully he gets more work down the line. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm kind of, I kind of missed on this one so far. I thought I figured out we'd get a lot more early down work, but... Uh, I don't know, Peterson just, I mean, it's tough, they're, they're, they're playing well, but they haven't been able to string together some wins, but they are running the, the ball pretty decent, so we'll have to see who breaks who breaks away from there. But uh, speaking of uh, questionable running games, what's going on in Green Bay? I'm seeing the splits, and it looks like uh, Jamal Williams is actually touching the ball more than Jones. Yeah, and I've seen that too, but I think the thing we can take away from that is, first of all, Matt LaFleur loves to get his running backs involved there's running the ball catching the ball whatever it is he loves to get both running backs involved um and aaron jones is getting the touches where it matters he's getting the touches on the goal line um he's breaking off those runs so i still have faith in aaron jones and actually if anything i think it kind of helps him in this weird twisted way just because as you know over the last couple years jones has struggled with staying healthy and if they were to give him a true workhouse workhorse role, there's a chance he gets injured again. Jamal Williams, I know they really like him as the. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was a year or two ago he was graded as the best pass blocker, running back, best pass blocking running back in the league. So they like him in those third down situations. He's great at catching the ball, um, and Aaron Jones has been catching the ball a lot too. So either way, it's beneficial for Aaron Jones. He's doing good. He's staying efficient, like we know he can be. Um, obviously I think his floor kind of just goes down a bunch, but, uh, overall his ceiling is still very, very high. So I love Aaron Jones. Uh, hopefully he keeps it going. As far as the wide receivers, a lot of people are jump shipping, jumping ship on Devonte Adams after three touch tough matchups. Wow. I can't talk today. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, I have a lot of people wanting to jump ship on Adams, but he's just way too talented. We've seen last year, and um, that Rodgers love to get him the ball, but like you said, it's been three tough matchups. So I, I think I've seen a, a report uh, just after the game this week that Rodgers says he wants to get Adams and Jimmy G the ball a little bit more. So I'm still holding on to Adams, and I agree with everything you said about Jones. I think the will be getting this involved. It definitely helps him in, in the long run for sure because his durability has definitely been a little bit questionable. Yeah, and. Um as far as Devonte Adams, 
Great time to buy low if you're looking for oh, yeah. a stud wide receiver. They're going against Philly, who, as you know, the secondary has just been torn up by every pass catcher against them. They just lost uh, Ronald Darby, who's expected to be out this week, if not a couple weeks, who is their top corner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for Philly. You just kind of want to start anyone going against them. So that report combined with the great matchup for Adams just makes this a very lucrative week for Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams. So if you have them, start them. Don't think about it too much. Don't get cute. And uh, enjoy the benefits. Breaks my heart to have to agree, but I agree. <laughs> Poor Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah. You had your moment a few years ago. Was it a few yeah, years exactly. ago now? I don't even know. <laughs> so getting into the next matchup. I know we're both excited about this one. <laughs> Your division rivals. You got the Redskins going into MetLife to face the Giants. So first of all, with the Redskins, Case Keenum. Um, I had him as a deep option to start this week. If you needed, if you're a desperate streaming option, and a lot of people are asking, like, why is Case Keenum a desperate start? Why is he not just like go ahead and start him? Well, it's still early in the season. Obviously, he didn't look great last week, and that was against the Bears. But I mean, it's the Bears. Overall, it's just I don't. He's not a guy you can trust week to week, right? And uh, I, I need to see a little more of Case Keenum if I before I even consider like adding him as a starting quarterback on my team. But um, overall, that's just what I want to say about Keenum. The running backs here, Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is coming off a decent game. Adrian Peterson, uh, he just hasn't seen the workload, but can he do it against the Giants? I mean, it's possible. You, I watched the game. Uh, I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, so I watched the game last night, and he was pretty pissed to, to be on the sidelines during a lot of those plays. But, I mean, the game flow was definitely in Thompson's favor there, and he, he definitely took advantage of the opportunities that he got. So, I mean, it, it, if you give Adrian Peterson 15, 16 carries, he's pretty much get you 100 yards rushing, I would think. Touchdown, wide, it's still going to be tough, but I think he can, uh, with the right volume, he can still get it done. Yeah, and I think uh, if there's a time where you can finally feel at least a little comfortable putting him in your lineup, I think this week is a good tell. Because if he doesn't have a good game against the Giants, if he doesn't get the workload, then that's when you really want to start to worry and kind of just look somewhere else for running backs. In the first week, he actually had the same amount of snaps as uh, Wendell Smallwood. So, <laughs> And the first week he was active, I'm saying week two. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, from what I saw, his snaps went up a lot last week. I don't think I even saw Wendell Smallwood go onto the field. So that's definitely a better sign. Yeah, for sure. And it was a very tough matchup against the Bears. And actually, it's a pretty – I think, I think the, the over-under on this game is 48-and-a-half. So I think Vegas is expecting some, uh, some touchdowns to be had in this game. For sure. And that uh, also has to do a lot with our next guy I want to talk about, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I just saw he he broke the NFL record. It was like five catch, at least five catches and a touchdown in his first three games. So, um, in each of his first three games, Terry, we talked about this last week, right? We were saying, okay, if Terry has a good game against the Bears, he's legit, and he did. He had a great game against the Bears. He's going against the Giants defense, who, if you saw what Mike Evans did to them last week who uh, we were also very confident in starting last week, too. So we, we had a successful week last week. But um, overall, the Giants' defense is really, really young. Um, Terry, McLaurin, Terry McLaurin can definitely take advantage of that. I'm throwing him in my lineup last week. Uh, and, and the, I'm throwing him in my lineup this week. And one of the more interesting things I saw on Twitter, you know Matt Harmon? Yep. 
So Matt Harmon tweeted, he said, of course Terry has a f- great first three weeks, but now everybody's going to throw him in his lineup, throw him in their lineups, and uh, he's going to struggle against the Giants. Just watch. This is just what <laughs> fantasy football is. Like, he's going to have three great games, and then he's going to go against the Giants, who got demolished by Mike Evans, and he's going to have a dumb week. Um, obviously, we're not expecting that, but I just thought it was funny because that's the fantasy football world for you. I was just going to say that that's fantasy football, right? Like, sometimes you, you can throw out all the analytics, all the research, um, and it just, you can't you can't even explain why some guy doesn't go off against a team that they should. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're like a scary Terry. Definitely oh, last week. If you listened to us and started up, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tight end. I mean, other wide receivers, first of all. Trey Quinn just hasn't seen enough volume to merit a start. In PPR, he has a decent floor, um, especially in this game. If Case Keenum's going to be having himself a decent game, there's a chance. But, you, you know, Trey Quinn isn't someone you're jumping to start. Uh, Paul Richardson, though, he looked good last week in, uh, against the Bears, too. He had a touchdown. He had a good amount of yards. I think he led the team in receptions until Terry at the end came in. But... Uh, Paul Richardson, is he in consideration for you at all? I mean, is this a desperate stream, or what is this? What, what is Paul Richardson? Yeah, I would say pretty desperate at this point. There's got to be some better options out there, but it is a good matchup, so I mean, I, I probably will have some Washington stacks going in DFS this week for sure. He's a lot. I don't have any Paul Richardson shares. I think I do have him on a couple best ball teams, though, so I mean, you don't have a choice but to have him in the lineups there if he plays well, so uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully you have a better option than Paul Richardson, but it could be worse. He, 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 may, he may be able to perform for you, especially uh, the Giants' weak spot seems to be on the corner, so and, and Richardson does play on that wide side, so there's definitely some opportunity for him to get the balls against this week. And now, tight end-wise, it looked like a split between Jeremy Sprinkle and Vernon Davis. Jordan Reed, is uh, his career is in danger, so... Uh, yeah, just if you have Jordan Reed, just feel free to drop him. I really don't think he's going to step on an NFL field again. He's going to be forced to retire. Just way too many concussion, concussions, which is, uh, you know, it's sad and it's unfortunate. But um, as far as fantasy, Vernon Davis, Jeremy Sprinkle, looked like a bit of a split last week. So I uh, don't really trust either of those guys. And uh, moving on to the Giants, someone we can trust, possibly Danny Dimes. Tearing up the Buccaneers, two rushing touchdowns last week. Really did not expect this from a Giants quarterback. I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw a Giants quarterback rush for a touchdown. So, what's your feeling on Danny Dimes? And uh, first of all, Saquon, high ankle sprain, expected to be out four to eight weeks. We got to talk about Wayne Gallman too. So, uh, probably going to be in the Giants for a little bit. What, what's your opinion? Yeah, I mean Danny Dimes. Like, I mean, I was expecting him to play decent, but he, he blew me away how good he played that week or uh, last week. Uh, yeah, so like I said, Danny Dimes. He blew me away last week, and uh, I think Goldman should be hot off the waiver wire this week. I know a lot of people are kind of down on him, but um, he's not going to be a temporary player or RBBC anything like that. Uh, he's going to get the work for the for for a few weeks anyway, so he could be a viable flex option. Yeah, and I think the what, what it boils down to is that he's going to be the pass-catching back in this offense no matter what. No matter who they bring in, one of their best options, like C.J. Anderson, who's going to be an early down back, maybe a bad goal line, I guess that could hurt him a little bit. But uh, he, he's, uh, he, he can be a flex, RB2, PPR kind of guy, but uh, don't put your expectations at like Saquon or like r- low running back one because it's just not going to get the workload. Although, 
it does help guys like Evan Ingram. You have Golden Tate coming off suspension. Um, Sterling Shepard, who looked great. Darius Slayton, who finally got some work with the offense, probably because of his preseason relationship with Danny Dimes. So uh, there's other pieces of offense to be really excited about. Evan Ingram right now is the number one tight end in fantasy football. So as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a top three tight end at the end of the year, no doubt. So uh, if you have any Evan Ingram, you lucked out because you didn't have to spend that high draft capital in the third, second round on guys like Kittle and Kelsey and Ertz and stuff like that. And you still got one of the top guys. So hopefully it plays out. He saw a great amount of targets. Him and Danny Dimes had a great connection. Shepard, I do like Shepard. Um, Golden Tate could be very sneaky when he comes off suspension. Is there anybody else in this offense you're looking forward to? No, not really. You pretty much summed it up good there. I'm, I'm excited to, to see uh, what, what the Giants can do with uh, with Danny Dimes back there, uh, stretching the ball down the field. I mean, I, I really wish Saquon didn't get hurt. I would really like to see him in, in this offense. So I'm hoping he gets back sooner rather than later. Yeah, and uh, another thing on Saquon, they said about four to eight weeks, but expect it to be closer to eight uh, with a yeah. high ankle. I mean, if you come back four weeks after, that'd be very shocking. Um, although I'm su- I'm sure he'll try to get back as soon as possible. But I mean, are you sitting anybody against the Redskins? Galman, I think definitely you start him. Danny Dimes, go ahead, start him. Why not? Mitchell Trubisky. Every I think I saw every quarterback who's played the Redskins this year has had at least three passing touchdowns. Including yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Sure. No, definitely. I mean, I mean that is, like I said, it has a 48.5 total. So uh, there are going to be some points scored according to Vegas. So I think that I would fire up those guys for sure. Shepard looks like it's definitely a must start. Ingram, definitely. Goldman, I mean, I typically I play a little bit conservative. So I, I do want to see a weekend of guys before I toss him in there. But if you're, uh, if you're completely stuck at uh, running back or if Saquon was your guy and, you, and you're not really able to, to toss anybody else in there, then I mean, I think you might want to take the risk with Goldman. For sure, and uh, I have Evan Ingram on a few of my teams. I'll definitely be starting him this week. If I need Danny Dimes as a streaming option, I definitely will, and uh, maybe he can be great long-term as well. So Giants, uh, for once, a bright spot. You know, The Giants look good, so at least the offense. And it's been like you know three what? years, yeah. at least three years before we said that. <laughs> and, and you know what's interesting, too, is because the defense is so bad for the Giants that we could find them in a lot of shootouts. So exactly. yep. uh, ultimately for fantasy, every Giants offensive player, we don't want to overreact to the first week of Danny Dimes. It was against Tampa Bay, but uh, we don't want to underreact either because he did look good. I mean, we, we, we don't want to take that away from him. So Giants, if you have them, start them next week. Uh, like you said, Gallman, if you can be cautious, give him a week. But if you really need to, if you're into PPR, you can probably throw him in there and he'll be all right. So... Next game, um, another shit show against the Dolphins. We got the Chargers going into Miami. Uh, the Dolphins looked a little better last week, but overall, I mean, every Chargers player, all systems go. Keenan Allen, 10-plus receptions, almost 200 yards, touchdowns. Like, what a week for Keenan Allen. Yeah, if, if you uh, – we liked Allen last week or last episode as well. So if you were able to, to roster Allen and Evans, you had a youth day. that almost single handedly won your week. That was, they both put up huge games. Yeah, in uh, one week, uh, last week it was a throne. I have Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, so uh, yeah, there's a yeah. little bit of overkill, but hey, it, it works out. Um, against the yeah. Dolphins, you're not setting anyone, right? Austin Eckler, full go. Mike Williams, full go. Philip Rivers, full go. 
Keenan Allen, Fulgo. Um, is there anyone else throwing in? Maybe Justin. You know what's interesting about Justin Jackson is he's had two long touchdowns taken away by flags. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm I have sure Jackson on, on, on a few of my teams just sitting on the bench. One positive thing is his touches have gone up every week. I mean, not by too much, but there's still a steady increase. So he's a hold for now, but I, I would start him this week. But, yeah, I, I would fire up everybody on the charts to beat his name there. They, they've lost two games in a row, too, so they're looking to bounce back. I, I think we're going to see a big week out of the Chargers this week. For sure. And uh, just a little more on Jackson. I mean, if you have this guy, stash him on your bench. Um, if you're in DFS, I'm... I'm thinking about playing Justin Jackson in a league. Just like, you know, I, I got to see his price. I haven't looked at the prices, but if he's really, really cheap, I might have to just yeah. because how bad this Miami Dolphins team is. And we saw Tony Pollard last week at the end of the game. He racked up a touchdown. He had over 100 yards just uh, because they rested Zeke because they had a big enough league. So uh, we could see something similar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I started playing multiple lineups this week, so I mean, basically everybody is in play for me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But as far as Miami, is anyone in play for you? I I, I put out a post yesterday. Prince I was talking Williams? about yeah, uh, your boy. Oh, yeah, my he, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he looked great preseason. So I, he was always on my radar. I was just too sure if he was going to be able to jump ahead of Parker and Stills. But once Stills uh, was moved to Houston, I was like, okay. And, uh, I mean, I don't think it was jumping to throw them in your lineups. Their Chargers secondary is depleted, you know. But um, overall, I mean, Preston Williams has been averaging over 10 points a game. He's had 10 points a game. He had 12 targets last week. Josh Rosen did not look terrible last week. He had, I think it was 200 yards on the dot. He did not turn the ball over, which is a huge improvement to whatever else the Dolphins have done this season. Um they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. Over, we're not telling you to start Preston Williams, but he's you got to keep him on your bench. He's got to be someone to where if the Dolphins improve a little bit and they go up at all during the season, Williams can be a week-to-week flex play. So as of right now, hold on to him. If you're really desperate, you could throw him in there. Hopefully he'll get you that 10-plus points if you need it. But um, that's just about... The only person this offense we're really focused on right now. Kenyon Drake not interested. Any of the other Dolphins wide receivers not interested. It's just that's just how it is. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And um, I mean, I've seen a stat that I think it was Devontae Parker is the top five in. I think I can't remember what the stat was. Like adjusted air yards or something along those lines. So he does have that deep threat potential. We, we, a couple years in a row now, he, all preseason people were kind of thinking that he may be a little bit of a sleeper. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time before he does get break down front of the deep ball. So, wouldn't be surprised to see a big game out of uh, out of Parker in the next few weeks, especially with Rosen throwing the ball as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm staying away from Drake and with uh, our your boy Preston Williams. It's, it's it's been tough with all these receivers going off with these huge numbers. People are, are kind of almost expecting all your receivers to score 15 to 30 points nowadays. If you can get 10, 12 out of your RP or your wide receiver three or your flex, typically that's that's good enough. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. So if you guys are desperate, press Williams. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. I think that's enough enough time with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> About as much time as they deserve this season. Hopefully, maybe they'll get more time. As the season goes on, you know, maybe Rosen throws for 250. We start talking about it more, but 
Continuing on, we got the Raiders going into Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Colts. Now, Tyrell Williams last week, he had a touchdown. And I I, I had Tyrell Williams as one of my sets. Um, I wasn't expecting him. And, and he got saved by that touchdown. Because if he didn't get that touchdown, he'd have like five, six, maybe seven points. So he got lucky with that touchdown. I had him as one of my sits. And uh, I mean, this is a better matchup for him. And if he did good against the Vikings in the Vikings stadium, you kind of have to think about starting him this week as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to be. I started him, and uh, I, I had him on basic. I think I have him on like eighty percent of my teams. I scooped him up uh, pretty late. Um, but this week, I mean, the Indy's uh, secondary is pretty banged up. I know Leonard's out. Hooker's banged up. Um, so the, the matchups are good. It's definitely way better for him this week than it was last week. So I feel confident starting him this week. Now, someone we could start every week, Darren Waller. So we, he had a first two good games. You know, he gave you that 10-point minimum each of the first two weeks. And then last week, exploded for 10-plus catches. There was like 130 yards. Um, uh, if you started him, great for you. If you have him on your team, great for you. I'm still in a position where in my big money league, I have Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and Evan Ingram. Um, so for wow. the top four guys uh yeah the current rankings i think are uh ingram first andrew second then kelsey and then darren waller so i'm in a good position there but i'm looking i mean you don't have to sell him high he can be good for the rest of the season but why not trade him away if you have two good options because likely you didn't draft him as your first tight end so if you have another good option trade him now josh jacobs though um, kind of a scary situation for him. The first week, they had a positive game script. They won that game, and he played 70% of the snaps. Now, we know he was sick and banged up last week, but he played 40% of the snaps, wasn't involved in the passing game, and he just, after that week one, he just hasn't really done much. Yeah, it's been frustrating. That After that first game, I was like, oh, shoot. I, uh, I kind of had him as a little bit of a bust, just basically where he was being drafted. I didn't think that he would get that much work. I thought Jalen Richard would be way more involved. So after that first week, I was like, oh, damn. Sorry, sorry followers, for uh, not to draft him. But, uh, yeah, from, from what I'm reading, Gruden wants to get him more touches. So maybe it was just a case of him being a little bit banged up, a little bit sick. Uh, we'll have to see this week with this matchup. Uh, if, if he can if get back to that uh, 65 70% of the, 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 the snaps. And this isn't a bad matchup for him against the Colts. So, uh, like you said, with Darius Leonard being out, that's big for especially going through the middle. I know Darius Leonard was out last week. No official word on if he's playing this upcoming week. But either way, not a bad matchup for Josh Jacobs. It'll be a little closer this game than it was last week. So if you have him, you know, if you unless you have an uh, elite option, then don't feel bad about throwing him in there. And, uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to add on the Raiders before we move on to the Colts? Uh, nothing much on the Raiders. Jacobs, Tyrell Williams, and, uh, yeah, Waller, definitely. Uh, I feel comfortable starting all three of those guys. All right. Never knew. Uh, first, we're talking about the Giants are good, and now we're talking about how we could start three Oakland, Ra- Oakland Raiders. So, uh, <laughs> definitely. Fantasy uh, is crazy. <laughs> yeah, fantasy is definitely crazy. Week 2019, something else. But moving on to the Colts. Now, Jacoby Brissett, right? He had a great week last week, and it was a career game for him. He had three touchdowns, passing touchdowns. But, um, I mean, I, I'm starting him this week because I in that same league where I have the three tight ends, 
it's a two QB league, right? And my okay. quarterbacks are Deshaun Watson, I have Jameis Winston, and I have Jacoby Brissett as my number three. I'm really heavily thinking about sitting Jameis Winston for Jacoby Brissett uh, based off his game last week and just how well he's doing in his situation. I mean, he's got a great offensive line. He's got great weapons. It's going to depend on the health of T.Y. Hilton, who got, you know, uh, he re-aggravated his quad injury. So what do you think about this Colts offense? Who can you trust? Who can you not trust? I mean, uh, it's hard not to trust Jacoby at this point. I mean, they resigned. They they, they gave him a deal after Luck, uh, unfortunately, retired. So they definitely believe in him. And, and he's putting up some points. He's definitely not a, a terrible option. And uh, Oakland low-key has a pretty solid uh, front seven. So they're, they're pretty stingy against the run. So I think the Colts are going to have to pass more than they would like to. So a little concerned about Max uh, matchup this week. But I think definitely fair up percent. And then uh, for the receivers, if Hilton's a no-go, that could be tough. I don't know who's going to break out. Could be uh, Paris Campbell. Could could be Deion Kane. I know he was uh, he was, uh had a, had a quite a, a large chunk of snaps last week. I think it was around fifty-four to sixty percent, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, like obviously, if Hilton is out, you don't want to jump to throw any of these guys in your lineup just because you don't know who that main guy is going to be. Uh, T. Y. Hilton has been blessed with a ton of touchdowns this year so far, but ultimately, I. Don't think I'm really. If Hilton's out, I might think about a guy like Eric Ebron, just because he is that red zone threat. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I don't know. It, no matter how good the Colts' offense looks and how efficient they are, it's just you never know who to start, right? I mean, Hilton's been good week to week. Ebron had a touchdown a week or two ago. Doyle hasn't been viable. I think uh, Paris Campbell had like one touchdown. So none of these guys are really consistent. So outside of Ty Hilton. Um, outside of possibly Marlon Mack, depending on your options, I think if they get a positive game script, Mack will be okay this week. But yeah. um, overall, I don't think there's anybody you're really starting out of those guys. Outside, no, of those I, guys. Agree. I, I, I agree. I it, agree. It still doesn't push me off a of percent, though. I think he's still uh, he's still showing yeah. that he can throw the ball around. So I'm still okay with starting him if you have to. I guess. I mean, if you if you have an elite option ahead of him, there, there could be worse matchups out there. Oakland uh, pretty soft against the pass. So I think going to be some opportunities for him to, to hit one of these young rookies down the field. Just which one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. But Deion Kane has been one of the guys I loved since he was drafted. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. So uh, if he sees a bigger snap count, I might have to stash him on a few of my teams. But we'll see how that all plays out. Um, moving on now, we have the Carolina Panthers going into Houston to take on the Texans. Now, the Panthers... Cam Newton dealing with a Liss Frank. It Liss Frank? L- L- I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. Yeah, Liss Frank, yeah. Liss Frank? Uh, it just doesn't sound right. I mean, like, I, I, it's how it's spelled, but it just doesn't sound... Okay, either way. Um, Kyle <laughs> Allen is going to be starting for the Panthers for a little bit. Cam Newton seems like he's not going to be 100% anytime soon. Uh, originally, they said Cam Newton was just going to miss a week, but they feel pretty confident with Kyle Allen, so... Cam might be out for weeks and weeks and weeks. We don't know if he's... There's no official word on if he even comes back this season. So we'll have to see what the reports say and if he ends up having surgery and whatever the case might be. Um, But Panthers-wise, Chris McCaffrey had a great bounce-back week last week. This offense in general just looks more alive when they have a healthy quarterback behind center. Yeah, I mean... kind of been rough with Cam Newton even heading into the season. There were some question marks about his health, so 
think the, it was kind of rubbing off on the team. They didn't really have that pep that they normally have. So you bring in a, a, a young, fresh rookie like Allen, he, he tore it up. Uh, so I think they're, they're, they're playing with a little bit of a spark right now. Uh, Receiver-wise, it looks like uh, Samuel is getting more looks than DJ Moore at this point. So I, I think I feel a little bit more confident with uh, Curtis Samuel over Moore. What, what are your thoughts on that receiving situation? Well, I, is Kyle Allen a rookie? I think this is his second year, right? I, I know they drafted Will oh, Greer this year. Right? Or? No, you're right, you're right, you're right. He's not a rookie. My bad. I'm, I'm still uh, in that Danny Dimes land. Yeah. <laughs> still, <laughs> still in Danny Dimes land. But um, overall, Allen looked good. I mean, um, and like you said, Curtis Samuel seeing a little more work, seeing a little more targets. I, I think it just kind of has to do with the matchup. Um, we'll have to, obviously we don't have that much data. Uh, yeah. the last, I, I remember Kyle Allen ended up starting the last two games of the week in 2018. And, and in those two weeks, DJ Moore had 12 targets, even as a rookie, not 12 targets each, but 12 targets total. So I think there still is hope for DJ Moore. I wouldn't give up on DJ Moore cause he only had the one catch for 54 yards. I think this is going to be a powerful offense. Um, they're going against Houston, which may sound scary on paper, but without Jadavion Clowney, they haven't really had too much of a pass rush. I mean, J.J. Watt, he's there, but if you don't have that guy on the other side, then it's just kind of easier to block one guy than two. You know, you, you can put an extra lineman on J.J. Watt. So, overall, um, Kyle Allen, can you start him this week? I think he's a good streaming option. Uh, wide receiver-wise, Curtis Samuel, D.J. Moore, I'm throwing them both in my lineups. Uh, Greg Olson, though, the last couple weeks, Greg Olson has been on fire. 20 points each. I know, man. All, all these veteran guys are just putting up points. It's crazy, man. Like, that all-veteran team I was talking about last week would have mm-hmm. likely won your week for you this week with uh, all those guys. And uh, one thing about Arizona is Arizona's been terrible against the tight end. And I think we talked about that last week even, too. So um, definitely filtered in with why Olsen had his biggest week if he did. But um, yep. we'll see if that continues. If he does, he can regain back the top 10 tight end that he was. But going into the Texans, um, Deshaun Watson looked great last week, but DeAndre Hopkins has been relatively quiet as opposed to what we normally expect. Like Adams and Hopkins last week just didn't really do all that much. So can we expect a bounce back week for Hopkins? Or is it a tougher matchup? Because we know those Panthers corners have been pretty stingy. They have been. I mean, the Panthers are low-key. They've always kind of rostered a pretty solid defense, I would say, for at least the last five seasons. Um, so it, it's always going to be concerned. Hopkins is a guy that's pretty matchup proof. It's just, I think uh, Houston has more weapons than they're used to uh, over the last two years. So I think it's more of a case of Watson kind of spreading the ball around and feeling more confident in the guys around him so he doesn't really have to throw to Hopkins every single play. Yeah, and I mean, they got... Will Fuller, who hasn't really done all too much. They have Kenny Stills, who got a little more targets last week. He seemed to uh, have a bigger role in this offense. Um, I know, what is it? They, they were working out C.J. Anderson. I just saw this when we started recording. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of worrisome if you're a Carlos Hyde. That's not a good sign, right? I mean, when they start working out a guy like C.J. Anderson, it just makes you think twice about guys like Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. So running back-wise... I, I don't know. Carlos had a touchdown last week, but he was terribly efficient, terribly inefficient. I don't feel comfortable about starting him. I don't feel comfortable starting Duke. 
I don't feel comfortable starting any of these running backs. But Jordan Atkins last week, two touchdowns. What? He killed me in the 20 league. I mean, I, the 20 league I have, it's uh, 20 teams. And this guy I was playing, of course, he has Jordan Atkins as a starting tight end, and he gets two touchdowns against me. So, oh, come on. That, that, he didn't do that on purpose. Right? I mean, like, I, I don't know. But uh, Jordan Atkins is playing a full complement of snaps. Um, going into the season, the Texans did have Jordan Thomas and their rookie, Kahal Waring, I believe was his name, that they drafted relatively early. There was like fourth, maybe fifth or third round. But uh, they're both on IR. So Jordan Atkins has been playing almost all of the snaps, and he's been looking better. So if you guys are desperate for a tight end, then consider Jordan Atkins. You know, throw him on your bench and just hope for the best. I wouldn't recommend starting him this week, although he did have a big week week last week. Um, it's just you you don't know if that was a fluke. So just hold on to him if you're really really desperate and hope for the best. So we're just gonna jump straight into the next matchup right now, right? So we went over a lot of the early matchups in the week, the 1 p.m.s. We have about a couple more. Uh, so Chiefs and Lions. You have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs going into Detroit. McCole Hardman. We talked about him last week. You said you were a little weary on Hardman, but, um, I mean, overall, like, you just kind of want to start whoever in this offense is in relation to Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Hardman had that long touchdown that saved him. Uh, Robinson had a touchdown. Watkins gave you like 10 plus points. Travis Kelsey killing it as usual. So we're not, we're not even going to talk about Mahomes. We're not even going to talk about Kelsey because those are guys you're starting no matter what. But within this wide receiver group, who are you starting against Detroit? I, I, I feel like Robinson, man. He looks like a star. He had a one-handed catch in the end zone. And yeah, a little off about Hartman, but not like he's just so TD dependent. If he didn't have that long touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, the points wouldn't have been there, but it looks like Robinson is definitely the uh, the wide receiver too at this point. Uh, Watkins is definitely the the main guy there for sure. Um, but again, it was a little tough matchup. The Ravens have a pretty tight D, so I think they were focusing more on Watkins. That's why you see uh, Hardman and, and Robinson being able to go off. Detroit, low key again, a pretty decent defense, uh, but I just don't think they have the personnel to to run with with any of these guys. So uh, I like Hardman, Robinson, and Watkins a lot this week. Now, as far as the running backs, Darwin Thompson, truthers, um, sorry to say, I have Darwin in one league. Um, after seeing Daryl Williams, I think it's just time to drop him. It's just not yep. worth wasting a roster spot having Darwin in my roster. And you know what? It, he, he's a stash guy, but uh, you, you got to admit when it's over. Now, between Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, maybe Daryl Williams has a role now. Who even knows? But uh, Damian Williams expected to play at least from what we know right now, like I'm saying, it's Tuesday. Uh, LaShawn McCoy re-aggravated his ankle or whatever it was during the game, so he ended up being out. We saw Darwin Thompson get, a, I think it was like 8% of the snaps. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about this Chiefs running back group. Um, if, if Damian, okay, scenario, ready? Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are both good to go this week against the Lions. Are you starting either of them? If I had to, I'd probably still go with uh, with Damian. I, I think he's still, in the coach's eyes, the favorite 
favorite guy at the moment, but he's just a little bit banged up, so we're not seeing that. But I agree with you. Darwin basically needs to be dropped at this point. The problem with him is not so much his talent. It's just he doesn't. He can't really uh, pass block too well. And with the Chiefs being such a, a throw first team, that's you really need to be able to block in that offense. So I think that's why we're not seeing him hit the field too much right now. Yeah, and and uh, from the beginning we knew they liked Daryl Williams, especially when they decided to keep him over Carlos Hyde. So yeah. Darryl Williams, um, a little bit of a shocker, but I don't know how much of a role he'll actually go because he's more of a have going forward because he's more of a fill-in guy, although he was pretty efficient. We'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Damian Williams, I think, is safer if he's if they're both playing between McCoy and Williams because he is the pass catcher. Um, McCoy is probably going to depend on a touchdown to save his week, and you just don't know if he's going to get that. Um, they both seem like low-end running back twos at best right now but uh going on to detroit the chiefs defense still isn't great they're still allowing a ton of points to the other teams but the the detroit wide receivers have just been something else i mean yeah in front of me i have the game logs for each of the detroit wide receivers right now kenny galladay he had a 25 point week in the second week danny amandola he had a 23 point week in the first week and then Marvin Jones, he had a 22-point week last week. And with the other guys in those weeks, the first week it was 14 and 10 points. That was a great week for Stafford. The second week it was 0 points for Amendola, 9 for Marvin Jones. Last week, 3 points for Galladay, 7 points for Amendola. So it's like you never know which wide receiver to trust, which is a little crazy. I had Kenny Galladay as one of my starts just because of how good the matchup was. But Marvin Jones ended up being the guy last week. So in a matchup where um, it's a good matchup, can you do you just start one of these guys? Do you start Jones or Galladay and just kind of hope that they get the work that week, or do you hold off? I mean, um, I I don't really have too many shares of any of these guys. I think I have Marvin Jones in one league, but um, what's your opinion on that? I mean, who who can you start? Yeah, I know it, it, it's definitely frustrating. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked Galladay get us at least 10, 12 points. I figured that was an easy, safe floor for him, for sure. Um, in terms of who to start, I mean, it's hard not to, to fire up Galladay. Uh, it's definitely going to be a, a pass-heavy game. I can't see the choice slowing down KC, so they're going to want us to roll the ball. But with that being said, Jones Jr. is a great deep ball receiver, so if you're in a tight spot, then it may not be a bad idea to fire him up as well. I'm sure I'll have uh, some I'll have some Detroit stacks going in DFS, for sure. And I think uh, they're they're going to need to throw the ball deep. So I'm um, yeah. going to cross off Amendola as someone to start this week. But uh, overall, Kenny Galladay does lead the team in targets. So he does still have that wide receiver one role on the team. It's just Marvin Jones is kind of the 1B and Amendola is the 1C. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, hopefully another week, more data. We can see how it goes. But carry on Johnson. He had a high snap count last week. He has highest snap count of the year. He had 75% of the snaps he was playing. I believe he had 20 attempts. But I saw on Twitter he was going against the most stacked boxes. I think he, had like, he played stacked boxes more than any of the running back. I don't know if you saw that tweet, but Carrion quoted it. He's like, what did I do wrong? Like, why, why am I getting all these stacked boxes in front of me? So it's just a matter of time before, with the right matchup, that we see Carrion kind of just explode. Right? And could that be this week? Is now the best time? The window to buy low and carry on Johnson is going to be closing very, very soon, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if you think about it, if uh, Casey does get up there, you'll likely see them drop back into a lot of deep zone or some prevent. So it, it should open some stuff up underneath for, for Gary on Johnson. I mean, Detroit's not going to throw every single play. So, I mean, there's going to be some draws and, and some early down runs that, they, yeah, Casey may be able to, to break loose and he's the type of player that it doesn't take much. He, he's almost a threat to score on every touch. So, yeah, I, I would buy low on KJ for sure. And did you see what Mark Ingram did to them last week? Exactly. Woo! He had a hundred plus point, a hundred plus yards, three touchdowns. So uh, definitely a good matchup for Carryon. I think this uh, this could finally be the week where he explodes. So buy yeah, low and, on him and, now. Uh, Bal- Baltimore was uh, playing from behind for most of the, uh, I guess, the game. I guess so. That's what happens, right? Teams just hang back and uh-huh. play prevent, and then uh, you get you get a good running back and run wild there. I just wanted to add too for uh, back to the Chiefs. Um, Darius Slay's a little bit banged up, so I think maybe this might be a good spot for Sammy Watkins to get back into uh, the DFS uh, the and uh, the fantasy players' good books with a passive game. There you go. And on top of that, now just TJ Hawkinson kind of disappeared out for the first week. So uh, overall, I mean, unless he sees consistent work, you can't really trust him in your lineup. So I would avoid doing that. <laughs> Agreed. All right, so we're going to try to get through this a little quicker. we got the Patriots going into Orchard Park to play the Bills in New York. So uh, the Bills just haven't beaten the Patriots in a very long time. Uh, I mean, Patriot-wise, you have Julian Edelman. I think this is a good matchup for Edelman. He's supposedly healthy, ready to go. Sonny Michel, can't trust him in my starting lineup anymore. He's been, uh, he, he's been lucky with a few touchdowns, but Rex Burkhead... Seems to be the running, you know, they're, they're early down back. Michelle is struggling right now. And James White's going to come back after having a child. So he could see decent work in the passing game. Uh, wide receivers talked about um, Gordon. Can you trust Gordon this week? Or is this maybe another Philip Dorsett week? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Dorsett is on my list, uh, on, my, on my waiver wire list. I know we're going to be releasing this on Thursday, but if, uh, if he's available then, I would definitely scoop him up. He, he, he's, he's catching touchdowns, so, I mean, uh, you got to definitely take him under consideration. I'm not too sure what's going on with Gordon. I have a feeling he's not uh, 100% healthy. Uh, it looks like he hurt his hand or his uh, shoulder or elbow or something in the last game trying to block, so I haven't seen any updates on that situation. So I guess it's going to really boil down to uh, how healthy he is for me. Yeah, and if for whatever reason Gordon or Edelman are not a go, then I'd definitely be leaning on Dorsett as a possible sleeper option for the week. I actually started Gordon in uh, uh, Dorsett in a uh, DFS, so it actually worked oh, out really, really well this past weekend. Either way, good call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel you with uh, Sony Michelle. It's definitely frustrating, and I have a lot of Sony shares. His, his value was way too hard for me to pass up. I was getting it like late fourth, fifth round, so I, I was scooping him up where I could. But I mean, it looks like he's probably going to score ten touchdowns, but uh, probably only have about five hundred yards rushing. That's crazy. That would be insane <laughs> if he ends the season with that. Now, as far as going against this Patriots defense, that has been unstoppable. Right, I mean, this Patriots defense has been absolutely insane. They've stopped everyone. I think is what I'm trying yep. to say is to the point where can you start any of the Bills? I mean, Devin Singletary coming back off injury, right? Uh, maybe we don't know. We haven't heard any certain word if he's actually going to be playing this week. Josh Allen, although the Bills are at home, I just don't really trust Josh Allen this week. 
John Ross is going to be tied up with Stephon Gilmore. Maybe I think Cole Beasley is really going to be the guy this week who uh, will get flex consideration for me just because that's usually how you attack the Patriots. you got to attack them in the middle of the field with their slot guy, and the Patriots have struggled against that in the past. And I think that's where you hit him. You know, you, you try to gash him with the run and hit him with the slot passes. So Cole Beasley will probably be the only guy in consideration in PPR. John Ross, uh, not John Ross, John Brown, not someone I'm really considering. Uh, is there anyone else you're looking at in this offense? Man, probably Frank Gore. <laughs> no, probably not. Like I, I don't feel I'm probably not going to start anybody um, in, in Buffalo this week. To be honest, I think uh, especially they're both undefeated at this point too. So this is a big division game. Um, I think uh, Patriots are going to want to come out and, and make a, a statement and, and shut Allen down. He's kind of been doing the same thing all three games. He just scrambles around a lot, buys himself some time, and, and, and has been hitting guys open in the field. So you know, you know, Bill Belichick, he's crazy. So he'll, he'll be scheming to, to stop all that stuff for sure. I feel like in a weird way, Sony Michelle's going to have a huge game just for just for no reason. Like Bill's been saving him for that one matchup where they're not preparing for him. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, but um, that'd be hilarious if it did. Uh, moving on, we got the Browns and Ravens. Now Baker has just not. Lo- he looked a little better on Sunday, a little better, but still not good, and still not what anybody was hoping we'd see from him going into year two. But a lot of that really has to do with Freddie Kitchens and just terrible offense game plan like what what is what are those plays that fourth down like what is going on with freddie kitchens i know i know man i have that actually one of my notes down here is it's not so much baker's fault it is the play calling like once you start rolling your quarterback out to the one side you kind of eliminate the other side it it makes the the defense's job so much easier um so I, i don't know what the heck he's doing there but uh, I'm still a little bit optimistic about Baker. This, this could be a pretty good game, actually. The Baltimore defense isn't quite what it used to be, so uh, what's the over-under on this? 46. So there's going to be some points for this game. Uh, so it could be a pretty high-scoring game. Yeah, and uh, ultimately, I think Otto Beckham is just one of those guys you have to throw in your lineup each week and just kind of hope for the best. Jarvis Landry, not someone considering. Tight ends, not considering. Nick Chubb saw a healthy 97% of the snaps last week. So, really, Finally, yeah. yeah, right? I mean, really good uh, for Nick Chubb. He's definitely someone you're just kind of starting. And on the opposite side, Lamar Jackson, you're not sitting Lamar. It doesn't matter who yep. you're going against. The Browns defense. Now, now, last week, was it the Browns defense or was it Jared Goff? Was it Jared Goff being exposed or was it the Browns defense stepping up? I think it was a little bit of, of uh, actually after watching Al Goff play this week, it looked like Goff was being exposed a little bit. Yeah, definitely not a positive sign for Jared Goff, but uh, overall for this Ravens team, Mark Andrews, he did not have a great week last week. I'm expecting him to rebound a little bit this week. He did see seven targets, but he just wasn't himself on the field, still dealing with, dealing with an injury. I feel like they kind of just wanted to put him on the field more so as like a decoy. He's been their best passing weapon this whole entire season so far next to Marquise Brown so um, I think a little bit of a bounce back game for Mark Andrews as far as Marquise Brown if Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams are still dealing with injuries then Brown is someone I'm going to consider starting but otherwise I'm going to have to be a little more careful just because this is going to be the first actual tough matchup if that's the case if both of them are in for Lamar Jackson because he's had very cool runnings early on in the beginning of the season um 
Mark Ingram can't really sit him after that last week, right? I mean, he's healthy now. He was a little banged up the, the second week, but he came back strong and he's ready to go. So, I mean, are you sitting anyone from this Ravens offense or who, who are you looking to start? No, like, I, I'm with you with all, all the guys you just named. I think, uh, I think you know, after watching the game last week, Hollywood, uh, LJ missed him but deep a couple of times. So if, if, if had he had uh, been able to connect there, it could have been a different game. So I think uh, Baltimore is looking to bounce back this week and, and Cleveland is kind of trending downwards at, at the moment. So I think Baltimore is going to strike hot. So yeah, I, I would fire all those guys up. All right. Well, going into one more game here until we go to the 4 o'clock games. we got the Titans going into Atlanta. Marcus Mariota, what the fuck is wrong with Marcus Mariota? And, oh my gosh, he's just so bad. It, it, I'm, the reason it pisses me off so much is because I love Corey Davis. Okay, like I've I've had this fantasy football crush on Corey Davis for a while, but he just can't seem to get the targets, and they won't give him the ball. And you saw at the end of that game against Jacksonville where they threw him the ball, he caught it with one hand. Uh, he's He's so talented, but he's just not going to see the ball. The only guys you can trust in this offense are Derrick Henry, somehow, and then you can trust uh, Delaney Walker, who, that was very surprising. So um, I didn't expect him to come back as strong as he did, but it seems like Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry are the only guys I'm really trusting in this offense right now. Um, Adam Humphreys had a decent game, but I'm not expecting that every week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like you said, Henry and, and uh, Walker, I, I actually trust Walker more than Henry. Henry in uh, another game where, like, he's just so touchdown dependent. It's, it, he's going he's gonna to hurt some fantasy owners this year for sure uh, when they're relying on him for a big game. And if he doesn't get into the end zone, it's going to be tough for him to put up over 10 points. Now, as far as the Falcons, they're going to be at home, which is where Matt Ryan has most of his success. Um, he's... Calvin Ridley, kind of a quiet week last week, but with Matt Ryan being at home, I'm expecting him to bounce back. I mean, Julio Jones, of course, you're not sitting Julio Jones. Devontae Freeman had a huge snap share, but Ido Smith got hurt, and he still didn't do all that much with it. I mean, he had like 80 yards, but fantasy-wise, he what what did he get, like just over 10 points? So um, I'm a little weary on Devontae Freeman still. Uh, Unless you have a better option, you could probably keep Freeman in. Austin Hooper is going to be that inconsistent week to week. I mean, Ridley has a down week, and then Hooper has an up week. So that's just kind of how that goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, are you on board with Ridley having a bounce back week? Yeah, I'm down with that. I have a lot of Ridley shares this year, so he killed me. I think he scored like three points or something, or maybe even 1.6. I can't remember. Yeah, he had one catch. Anyways. So, yeah, I'm definitely hoping for a bounce back for Ridley. I'm actually uh, I'm making a little bold prediction. I, I think Freeman gets uh, his for his touchdown this week at home against uh, Tennessee, who has been rolling hot defensively. But um, I think uh, Freeman gets in the end zone this week. Okay. We'll see We'll see if that comes true. We'll, we'll come back next week, circle back, and uh, see if Freeman actually has himself his first good week of the year, which, I mean, let <laughs> I think uh, Ido Smith uh, and Barner are both banged up, so uh, he, he might see a healthy uh, target share again this week. All right. Healthy snap share for Devontae Freeman. Now, moving on to the first 4 o'clock game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Los Angeles. Um, neither of these defenses have really lived up to what we've hoped. Uh, I mean, Tampa Bay-wise, James Winston had a bounce-back week last week. Mike Evans had his great week. Chris Godwin was kind of quiet, but I think you're kind of just starting at least Godwin and 
uh, Mike Evans and just kind of hoping they get their work, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's just how it is. You can't trust OJ Howard right now. He hasn't been seeing consistent where he sees a catch here and there, but nothing solid. And then as far as the running backs between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, it seems to, we, we were talking about this last week. It seems to be the hot hand. Yeah, it's, it's super frustrating. I mean, Rojo kind of looks like the best back at this point, but I think the Arians just seemed hesitant by uh, just letting him run wild. I'm not too sure. I obviously trust Barber enough to keep rolling him out there. So I think Rojo could be a good uh, scoop up off the waiver wire if he's available. Um, I think eventually he's going to be the RB1 there. But for the time being, yeah, it's just going to be the hot hand. It's frustrating for sure. And I think this is gonna it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to take an injury between Barber yeah. or Rojo for one of them to really break out or be the main guy. Um, Dare Ogunbowale is still seeing work on passing downs and third downs, so it's a complete split. You can't really trust any of these guys. And I mean, defensively, this isn't a matchup that's lucrative for either of those guys. So um, Buccaneers, starting-wise, I mean, you're probably just throwing Chris Godwin and Mike Evans out there and hoping for the best. And I, I think you have a chance of each of those guys having another good week. So uh, Godwin you know, can you, probably bounce back. Yeah, no, it's, it's exactly. I mean, they're both so talented that it's really hard to hit them against anybody, even in a tough matchup, uh, because it, it only takes one play for them to get a long touchdown and maybe like a 60, 70-yard touchdown, and, and, and there's your 13, 14 points, right? Yeah, and another thing, too, is this is going to be uh, close. So... The Buccaneers game last week is they were kind of just they threw the ball a lot early and obviously with Mike Evans and then they kind of just started running it in the second half. Then Daniel Jones led the comeback and they kind of just kept trying to run it and like not do too much with the offense. So this is going to be a much closer game against the Rams uh, as far as the whole entire game. They're going to have to keep passing the ball as opposed to last week where they had the lead. They tried to run the clock out. It didn't really work all that well, and they ended up losing. So this week is going to be a little closer. They're going to need to keep throwing the ball the rest of the game. Gives me a little more confidence with Godwin, especially. Yeah, yeah for sure. What, what are you seeing on, uh, on the other side? Gurley, he's not looking like himself, huh? I mean, it's a good matchup for Gurley. If there's a time for him to be himself, it's, it's this week, right? I mean, if he can't do it this week, I, I think the rule of thumb every year has been the four weeks, right? After four yep. weeks, you can kind of start making assumptions for the rest of the season. And right now, what we've seen out of Gurley is not good. If he doesn't do good this fourth week against Tampa Bay, then um, it's just kind of, that's it. You know, it's just, you kind of have to, I'm waiting for that big game so I can sell him high. And that's kind of what you want. But he hasn't even done that. So Yeah, no, I know. The only, I guess, the positive thing is that he is being, uh, aside from the first game, he is being a good amount of work. So, I mean, that, that is, I guess, the only positive we can say at this point about Gurley is that he at least he's on the field. <laughs> now, as far as the wide receivers for the Rams, it uh, seems like Robert Woods is the odd man out, right? Yeah, man. And that's kind of, in, in my rankings, this offseason, leading up to the season, I had Woods as the third wide receiver in this offense just because if Cooper Cup truly is healthy, then I know he's the best wide receiver on that team. Um, Obviously, Brandon Cooks, he's going to get that work on the outside. So I'm kind of weary about starting Robert Woods. It's a good matchup, but overall, if you can set him for a halfway decent option, like if you have a guy like DJ Shark or Terry McLaurin, I'm definitely starting them over Woods this week. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of want to wait and see. 
All right, guys. So a uh, little intermission here. We actually had to split this podcast up into two different days. So now this section is going to be recorded on Wednesday. Uh, we had some we had some issues with the connection between his phone and my phone and how, how we were recording it yesterday. So we circled back again today to finish out the rest of the games. The first game we're going to talk about, just getting straight back into it, is going to be the Cardinals at the Arizona... No, sorry. The car. Yeah, great start. Great start, right? The Seahawks. <laughs> the Seahawks going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. Now, with the Seahawks, Russell Wilson just had his best game of the year. Um, probably. I, I think he's hit his ceiling for the year. But can he produce a similar outcome? Because he definitely passed the ball a lot more. And uh, they definitely should start doing that, especially if Chris Carson is going to fumble, what is it, four times now in three weeks? Yeah, man, I don't know what's going on with Carson there. Like, uh, he, he is known for, I mean, a couple fumbles here and there, but I don't know, something is definitely going on there. But, I mean, uh, Pete Carroll has definitely been on record a couple times saying that he is going to stick with Carson. Plus, Penny's a little bit banged up right now, so Carson's really all they got, um, aside from Prosize, I guess, but he's more of a, a third down Chris Thompson type of back. Yeah, and I mean, especially the thing with that is, I really don't buy too much into Carson once Penny's back. So if you can buy low on Penny right now, definitely would recommend doing that. Um, I was pretty high on Penny going into the year. I had him as one of my sleepers, mainly because I was focused more on the fact that Chris Carson couldn't really stay healthy. And he's managed to stay healthy three games in so far, but he's fumbled a lot. And that's not good at all. They gave Penny the ball last time he was healthy and on the field, and he did very good with it. I think he had like a long touchdown, and uh, he was pretty efficient with the ball. So, Chris Carson, if you have him, ride him out for this last game. Um, try to sell him if he does well. But um, if he fumbles again this week, then it's just it's ridiculous at that point. He's not someone I even want on my roster because he's going to lose his job very soon if that's the case. Now, Tyler Lockett in the last two weeks has had two 10 plus reception games and uh he before last week before week two tyler lockett had never had a game with 10 plus catches now he's done it in back-to-back weeks so can we expect this to be the norm for tyler lockett i mean even if we're not expecting 10 catches what we're used to last year is one long catch and tyler lockett off uh, over last year was really feeding off that inefficiency, feeding off the efficiency and relying on those one long catch touchdowns. So what can we expect from Tyler Lockett and even DK Metcalf going forward, who had a down week last week? Yeah, I, I have a ton of shares in Lockett. I was all over him going into this year. Uh, and that was the knock on him, though, is that he wasn't really a, a volume type of receiver. He was more of a, a touchdown-dependent guy. But I figured once they lost Baldwin and uh, there was some talk about get, getting him some more work in the slot, I figured that there was going to be a big increase in uh, in his uh, receptions for sure. Um, first game, definitely a little concerning. And then, yeah, last two games, I'm just like, the, there's the Lockett I was looking for. Um, and with Metcalf, you know what? He's kind of surprising me. I, I typically don't draft rookie receivers. But uh, the way that uh, Seattle runs their offense with a lot of the play action, um, it, it looks like Romo Wilson loves to hit him deep down the field and he's a big target. So uh, he's a definitely a stash for me. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've started him the uh, last two weeks on a couple of my teams. So uh, I'm cool with Metcalf, cool with uh, Lockett. 
definitely concerned with Carson, though. Um, I don't have any shares of him. Same with you. I didn't. I uh, wasn't too high on him. So I didn't think he'd be able to stay healthy. He's just such a violent runner. Like it's it's not like he's trash or anything like that. It's just he, he runs so violent that that just the, his style leads to the easy injuries. So yeah, definitely scoop up Kenny if, if he's on the wire. Which I had seen him in a couple of leagues that uh, some of the followers are sending me their their pickups and stuff like that. So yeah, Penny's out there. Definitely scoop him up. And another thing too about this matchup is the Cardinals over the last three weeks have been the worst team against the tight end. So week one, TJ Hawkinson had his 25.1 game and uh, followed up by Mark Andrews in week two who had his 25.2 game. (laughs) And then moving on to week three, Greg Olson has his 25.5 game. So, I mean, these are just huge games against the Cardinals as far as the tight end position. Now we have Will Disley who had a big game last week. Uh, due in part because of two touchdowns and the fact that they were throwing a ball a lot more. But I I wouldn't be surprised if, if Will Disley is a top 10 tight end this week. And especially because a, a lot of people got him off waivers and you'll be happy with the outcome. They did just trade away Nick Vinette. I believe that was earlier today when that happened. but um, Or was it yesterday? I don't even know at this point. But like I said, we are recording on Wednesday. It was yesterday? Okay, well... Nick Vanette is now at the Steelers, and uh, the Seahawks did bring Luke Wilson back, but Will Disley seems to be the main guy there. So, Yeah, good point about Arizona giving up all, all those yards to uh, to the tight ends. I'll, I'll be firing Disley up all, all, all day long. I was, uh, I was lucky enough to get him off waivers last week. Um, so, I mean, it's Wednesday already, so he's definitely not available. But if somehow he is, definitely scoop him up. Or if you have Vance, maybe look uh, to trade low for Disley right now before he explodes. If he goes off again this week, I think uh, his price tag is going to go go up pretty huge. Yeah, and if he does go off this week again, I am probably going to have him as a sell-high candidate. Not any knock against him, but just more so because he had two weeks of huge games. You just kind of have to take advantage of that and take advantage of the fact that there's a huge market for tight ends right now. So uh, try to get the best value you can of him. Maybe you get take like a lesser player back and uh, take it from there. But going on to the Cardinals now, uh, Kyler Murray kind of had a rough game last week, but he does currently lead the league with 137 pass attempts. So they staring they're staying true to air raid they're passing the ball a ton and it's helping out guys like larry fitzgerald and christian kirk who at this point can be considered every week starters now uh david johnson has had a little bit of a rough time running the ball he's been getting some involvement in the passing game which is good can he bounce back against seattle in terms of rushing I mean, I have definitely more confidence in him in the passing game than the running game at this point. Uh, he's definitely looking like an early bust candidate based on where people were drafting him. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll have some good games going forward, you would have to assume. But um, to be some, some guys are drafting him in the, within the top five, so he's definitely got to step it up if he wants to, uh, to avoid that bust list for sure. But Murray, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with him, to be honest. Like you said, they are staying true to that air rate and tossing the ball, so... I mean, he's going to always be in play for me. Um, lack of touchdown passes, I guess you could say, but he is still a rookie, so like a, that being said, I'm still pretty impressed with him. And the thing, too, is he's going to improve every single week going to the end of the season. So um, you can only go up from where you are if you're Kyler Murray. 
as far as Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, they're both turning into every week starters, so you just kind of have to take advantage of that. Absolutely. I, I have a lot of Fitzgerald. His price was way, way too good going into the draft this year for, I mean, I know, I know he's getting up there in age, but you just had to assume that with his air rate offense, he was going to do well in PPR. Yeah, him and Kirk seem to be pretty popular options. Uh, they did just release Michael Crabtree, so it kind of leads that wide receiver three open. And um, like we said, as Kyler Murray gets better through the season, maybe that wide receiver three position could have value. As of, as far as I know, Demir Bird is technically that wide receiver three. Keyshawn Johnson is kind of filtering in as that third wide receiver. Uh, Andy Isabella was active last game, I think for the second time this season. So... We'll see if any of these guys can step up to give Andy Isabella their second-round pick a little more work. Then maybe he can jump into that role as well. But uh, Keyshawn Johnson has also looked good. So we'll see where that goes. But let's get into our next game. We have the Minnesota Vikings going into Chicago. Now, Kirk is just not throwing the ball enough. And why would you need to? I mean, look at Delvin Cook. He's been unstoppable through three games. I mean, if it weren't for, who is it, Austin Eckler, who's technically the running back one? Um, in three games, Dalvin Cook has 57 rush attempts, which he's turned into 375 yards, four rushing touchdowns, and then adds uh, just under 100 yards in the receiving game. So, I mean, Dalvin Cook has been unstoppable this year. 6.6 yards per carry. And uh, are you concerned about him going against Chicago? Because I'm not. No, not at all, man. Like, if he's going to be the the top five running back that he's playing like, then he's got to put up and, and and perform against these top defenses. So, you know, if he can go off and, and rip a nice long run against Chicago, he'll uh, definitely be in the running for I would say comeback player of the year. I would say no. Yeah, he he's got to be, especially after hamstring. Well, I don't know how many games you technically have to miss to be comeback player of the year because he did play a lot of the games. He was just injured early on. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that works, but. Um, yeah, he didn't get very many touches. Uh, they kind of eased him into things last year, which which was really smart. Um, again, a, a, a good football decision as a, a bad fantasy football choice if you, if you had him on your team. Yeah, and you never want to go after a running back one year after an ACL. So he's two years removed yeah. now. He looks great. A lot of people are saying sell him high while, before he gets injured. I'm not buying into that. I'm more concerned about getting 20 touches a game than I am about his ACL injury. It was one ACL that kind of resulted in the hamstring. It's not anything that really worries me going forward. And if you if you're worried about Dalvin Cook, you have to be worried about Christian McCaffrey. I don't I don't really see how one doesn't correlate to the other. Christian McCaffrey is playing borderline 100% of the snaps the whole entire year. He's involved in almost every single play. I mean, you can't be concerned about Dalvin Cook and not be concerned about Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. Yeah. No, exactly. I agree. I'm not. Uh, you can't play. You can't play too scared when you play fantasy football. The last thing you want to do is trade away a potential top three running back at this point. Um, and no one's going to predict injuries. If, if you say he's going to get hurt and somehow he does go down later on in the season, I mean, you're just purely guessing at that point. So there's really no skill or anything involved there. So no, I'm definitely holding Dalvin Cook for sure. But uh, yeah, like you said about Cousins, man. Uh, I had him actually as a sleeper coming into the season. I figured that Cook was going to do well, so it would open up the passing game. But uh, they don't even need to pass the ball really right now. And uh, before we were recording here, I thought I'd seen a report of, of Biggs uh, looking for a trade. Did you see anything about that? I did not see anything about that, but I'm not too surprised. I mean, Diggs is a really talented wide receiver. Um, 
it, what do you think could be potential suitors for Diggs? I, I'm thinking about that, but I don't even know what places. Like, maybe Jacksonville? I mean, they, they, they have DJ Chark, but if they had someone like Diggs, that'd be pretty good. Um, Seattle, maybe? Uh, but you didn't I don't probably know. I'm, actually, I'm actually surprised you didn't. Uh, the first team out of your mouth wasn't your boys. Oh, the Patriots? With, yeah, with AB gone now. I mean, they, they definitely showed that they were looking to add a, a solid receiver. Um, well, the, Edelman typically banged up uh, throughout the season. Usually nothing serious aside from that. That would be mm-hmm. a near ankle injury a couple of years ago, but uh, he's dealing with some ribs or a chest injury right now. So it, it definitely would not surprise me uh, if the Patriots t- definitely take a look at Pinch, but uh, his price tag is probably pretty high. So that, I guess that may be a reason why. Yeah, um, another and team, maybe, maybe Philly. Philly is looking for a receiver. Not bad. Um, and yeah, Seattle, I could well, playing pretty good. I think they need more help on the defensive side than they do on uh, on offense at this point. Yeah, and my thing about why they wouldn't go to the Patriots mainly because Bill only likes discounts. So the price is going to be, like you said, the price is going to be very high on Stefan Diggs. Um, as far as if you have Diggs in your fantasy team, am I dropping him? No, I'm not dropping him, but I'm keeping him on my bench until he gains some kind of consistency. Maybe he gets traded, but. Um, the reason I brought up the Jaguars is because a lot of people name the Vikings as potential suitors for Jalen Ramsey. So maybe Stefan Diggs can be worked into a trade in return because they're definitely lacking a wide receiver one. Minshew looks pretty legit. And that defense, even if they lose Ramsey, didn't look bad, especially with Saxonville there. Um, you know, they, they showed up last week. I mean, it's just one week, but... Overall, um, that's why I brought up Jacksonville. I think it'd be a good fit. But um, keep going on with the Vikings, Adam Thielen is someone I'm selling high. Mainly because, I mean, he, he had a rushing touchdown and receiving touchdown last week. And you can't depend on that every single week. He's been consistent so far. But by some miracle of luck, it just has happened. I mean, the first week, Kirk threw like... T- he completed like 10 passes. So... I'm not huge on holding on to Thielen. I would try to sell him high if you can. But, um, you know, everybody's going to have different opinions about that. Yeah, I'm sort of with you there. I, I do. I have a little bit of Thielen share, so I, I'm definitely going to hold on to him. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to sell high like with any player. Um, throw some crazy trades out there. If they accept, they accept. If not, then hold tight. And then at the end of the day, you still have a solid wide receiver one there, right? Um, and, and that brings up another point. I, I get a lot of times of guys asking me to, to drop guys like Diggs or, or other similar, I guess, superstars that aren't really performing. And I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, try to trade them first. Like, who cares? Throw out any offer you want. And, and it, more often than not, you're, you're going to get, at least if you do get a trade, you're going to get a, a good bench player better than dropping someone and picking someone up off waivers. Especially if you play the name value game, a lot of people might try to buy low or take advantage of that so um yeah that's also great advice make sure you if you're gonna drop someone why not trade get someone else's bench is better than what's available on waivers so that's just kind of how that goes uh a little more just a small note on the vikings irv smith seemed to get a little bit of work last week uh like we said we can't really trust too many of these vikings pass catchers but if you're in Dynasty, it's nice to see the fact that he's getting a little more involved and Kyle Rudolph's starting to take more and more of a backseat. So, um, great for Irv Smith. And maybe Kyle Rudolph will be a trade target for a team. There's a lot of teams who need a tight end. We just saw the Steelers trade for Nick Vanette. 
So we'll see what happens with that. I, I know they love Kyle Rudolph in the community in Minnesota, so maybe he stays put. Uh, either way, they're going into Chicago. Mitch Trubisky coming off a three-touchdown game, uh, two to Taylor Gabriel. But, I mean, who's ex- was it three or was it two? I think it was three, actually. The one, wow. Uh, yeah, there was three. he had two, and then he got that one that they, uh, they challenged at the end, but he, he got his feet down, I guess. Jeez. So, Patrick. yeah, three touchdowns to Taylor Gabriel last week. Allen Robinson, I'm pretty sure he still gave you a 10-plus point game, even with that. Not expecting that again for Mitch Trubisky, even though they're at home. Um, David Montgomery, he's been seeing a small snap increase every single week. Mike Davis is becoming more and more of an afterthought. I think he saw like less than 10% of the snaps. He touched the ball maybe once. So it's looking better and better for Montgomery every week. And this Vikings defense got shredded by Aaron Jones. So, I mean, are you starting Montgomery yet? Are you starting to feel more confident? If you have another decent option, you're starting him over him. But I, I have a league where I'm very, very desperate for running back starters right now. My best options are something along the lines of Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, Damian Williams, and Wayne Gallman, who I just picked up. But, um, yeah, so I, I might be in a position where I have to start him, and I think I'll be okay with it. He's seeing decent involvement in the passing game. He's efficient when he's running the ball, and he's getting more and more touches and snaps each week. So what's your take on David Montgomery going forward? You know what, if- uh, I'm not really too much of a fan, to be honest. Like, I, I get that he's talented. He, he's, he's in a good spot, but they're just not utilizing him enough right now. But, I mean, like you said, his touches are going up. So, to me, going into this season, um, I was telling guys that, sure, go ahead and draft him, but do not rely him rely on him as your starter. Stash him on your bench, wait for him to break out, and then that's when you that's when you want to toss him in your starting lineup. I know there's a lot of disgruntled owners right now that have started him the first three weeks and then haven't got the, the, the what, what was he going, third or fourth round production. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, by the end of the year, he should get rolling. If Chicago was smart anyways, but um, they got some playmakers back there. I mean, Cordell Patterson still getting touches. Uh, Cohen oh getting gosh. the ball quite a bit. Um, so it, it's, it's tough to say. They're, they're winning games too, so it's, why would you get away kind of with, with what's working, right? And I, I really yeah, don't understand it, seeing Cordero Patterson going in at running back so many times last week. Like, why? All it takes is, is this one seam, and he's going. He's gone to the house, right? Like, he's a kick returner. You ever see him when he returns the ball? He's just looking to make that one cut and, and find that seam. And if he gets through there, he's going to the house. So uh, I think that's what, what Chicago is trying to get is, is that, that, that one big run there. Um but yeah, definitely frustrating. I, I know everybody in the fantasy community is getting on Nagy and, and wanting to wanting him to, to feed Montgomery the ball. But I mean, if you got to start him, you got to start him. But just don't just just set your expectations. Don't expect a 15, 20 point game every week. You just got to be happy with ten points. If he gets you ten points, to consider that a good week for him. And now moving on to the wide receivers, um, Allen Robinson. He's been he had a great first week. He was kind of quiet second week. He had a decent game last week. He's going against the Vikings now. Not the best matchup. Uh, like I said, he's very talented. He's going to get a good target share. So if you're desperate and you have him, I mean, if you're deciding between a few options, if you can set him, I would. But I, I still think he can give you like a 10-plus point game even against the Vikings. Um, Taylor Gabriel, I'm not expecting that again. That's kind of a fluky game for Taylor Gabriel. I 
don't buy too much into Taylor Gabriel being an every week starter. Um, with guys like that, you can't really predict when they're going to have games like that. It just kind of happens in certain scenarios. So not buying too much in Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, I know exactly. I'm the same way. He kind of reminds me of like a John Ross type of player. You know, a small little quick fast guy and sometimes they go off and they, they beat their guy in coverage and they, and they stand up with two, three touchdowns. But to, to rely on that as a weekly starter, I just can't see it. But I mean, uh, Minnesota does have a pretty solid secondary. They have some good corners, so uh, Robinson is going to be in tough this week. So, like you said, if you do have a better matchup uh, or a better option, I would go there. But if not, I would, yeah, like I said, I think I think Robinson's a pretty much safe ten point floor every week. I would say, regardless of matchup. Yeah, and um, just like guys you would play over Robinson, probably like Terry McLaurin, definitely this week. Uh, DJ Chark, would you play DJ Chark? We'll, we'll talk about him, his matchup against Broncos next but would you play dj chark over alan robinson uh you know what I, he probably has more of a touchdown upside than than robinson does this week yeah so i would say yeah all right there you go <laughs> i i well devon okay we'll get into that matchup in a second i'm getting too ahead of myself <laughs> terry <laughs> cohen terry, that's that's a, that's a given I'm, uh, it's, yeah, there's only a handful of players i'm playing over scary terry at this point exactly but uh Tari- <laughs> Tariq cohen um, is he droppable? Nah, I wouldn't say droppable. You got to stash him. I mean, especially if something ever happened to Montgomery, right? Um, if, if they all of a sudden start feeding him the ball, that just increases the chances that he might get a little bit banged up. So I think I think Cohen's a hold at this point, but Davis should definitely not be on anybody's roster. Yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> we can be in agreement about that. Davis doesn't belong yeah. in any roster. Is he a handcuff? Maybe, but at that point, they're just going to go to Cohen more anyway, so... Uh, don't even view Davis as really a handcuff. Now, going, yeah. going on to... I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're facing a waiver wire decision and you have someone and you need someone to drop and you, you have some, some decent depth at running back, then sure, I don't mind dropping Cohen. Yeah, and a lot of times smaller leagues, like, I, I get a lot of questions. Like, this this guy's in a 16 league. First of all, well, I don't know why oh, I'm in a 16 my. league. <laughs> He's like, Saquon Barkley's out for, like, five weeks. Should I drop him? Oh my god! I, I, I don't even. I, I almost want to ignore anything under twelve teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I play in mainly twelve-team leagues. Uh, if I have any lower teams, I do with just huge rosters. Like I have two quarterbacks, or throw in another wide receiver, or something like that. But uh, anyways, Trey Burton apparently fully healthy now. Not too interested. More so because I just don't trust Trubisky. I uh, don't see him as like a deep. Uh, I mean, he could be a deep option, but uh, just the upside really isn't there for Trey Burton, unfortunately. Now, going into these last couple games here, we're we're going to try to catch up a little bit more. Jaguars going against Broncos at mile high. Now, we talked about DJ Chark earlier. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he, I, I think this is a streamable game for Gardner Minshew. He's been pretty accurate. The Broncos defense hasn't been anything special this year. Leonard Fournette had 100% of the snaps last week. He hasn't really done too much with it, and uh, he had that one long run that kind of saved his week. But other than that, he's been not good at all. So, but look, if you have him, he's getting 100% of the snaps, like we said. You kind of have to start him. If he's just starting running back, you got to start him. Yep, no, I I agree. His volume is key, right? I mean, he's eventually going to get into the end zone. Um, so as long as the volume is there, and uh, again, like it's, it's this is it's early in the year, and there's been a couple high scoring uh, high scoring players, so now everybody's expecting 
their their players to get like 20 plus points or if they don't then they're disappointed so we got to get back to the basics and, and, and if your running back is, is getting you 12 to 15 points that that's a good week okay it's not a great week but it's a good week so don't be too disappointed um with, with, with 12 to 15 points yeah and I, I had someone message me even today um I was talking about my running back calls from last week. I said to start David Montgomery. He didn't have the best week, but he still had like a 12-point week if you're in PPR. So uh, someone asked me, I was like, that's not a good week. I'm like, it's – and I didn't put it as a hit. I put it as like an even trade as more so just uh, he got you the 10-plus points that you needed from your running back to position. So um, definitely the expectations are very, very high for a lot of players. And, uh, yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Now – as far as starting guys like DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, D.D. Westbrook had a little bit of a bounce back game. He had nine targets last week, so he seemed to be the favorite. He had a couple drops, which didn't look good at all. But overall, uh, Devontae Adams just kind of got locked down by Chris Harris last week. Are we worried about the same thing with D.J. Chark? I mean, I guess it, it, is, it is a pretty tough matchup for him. Uh, yeah, I forgot that uh, that's who was going to be locking him up that this week. Actually, so yeah, maybe uh, Westbrook might be the better play because um, Denver's defense definitely is dwindling. I had them as kind of a sleeper defense coming into the season, but they've uh, they've definitely uh, not performed that way. That's for sure. And it's not even like uh, it's not even their secondary that's been bad. It's been their pass rush. It's been Von Miller yeah. and Bradley Chubb just not doing anything off the line. So um, those guys have been bottled up and. The secondary has actually been pretty good. Chris Harris has been pretty spot on so far this year. We saw what he did to Devontae Adams last week. He disappointed a lot of people. But DJ Chark going up against Chris Harris, don't love that matchup at all. Um, like you said, can we trust DD starting? If you're in a PPR, he can give you that 10-plus points probably. Um, I, I don't know. It's I feel like DD's uh, disappointed a lot of people this season in <laughs> different scenarios. So it's probably hard to throw him in your lineup. But if you're desperate... I think he could be a decent start. He's going to be one of my desperate starts going into this week. So, Didi, possibly. DJ Chark, I'm going to avoid starting him uh, if I can. My, my expectations aren't huge. Maybe Chris Conley has a good week on the opposite side. You never know. So, it's just kind of a crapshoot in terms of like trying to predict which guy is going to have the big game. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you get kind of when you when you don't have a true wide receiver one, right? Uh, any given point, any one of these three guys can kind of pop off. Uh, Minshew's first game, it looked like Chark and uh, Conley were going to be his go-tos. And then last week, he stepped it up with a bunch of receptions. So, it, like you said, it's probably going to come down to the matchups in this one. Yeah, and uh, as far as tight ends, there's just kind of been a whole bunch of different guys. A lot of people asking me, is James O'Shaughnessy worth a pickup? And my answer is no, just because you don't know if it's going to be O'Shaughnessy. Maybe they get the rookie Josh Oliver in there. Uh, Jeff Swaim has been all right. So not, he hasn't been all right. He's just been in the game. So uh, I don't I don't like any of these tight ends. I, I definitely stay away from that situation. I'm actually kind of bummed, actually, we're talking about it now. It sucks that Foles went out. I, I, the Jaguars would have been a pretty exciting team, even though they got uh, the porn star Minshew in there slinging the ball now. But <laughs> I think with Foles, if he was able to stay healthy, that, that's why I was so high on Fournette coming into the season. Yeah, and you know, Minshew, they opened, we talked about how we wanted to see them open up the playbook a little more for Minshew, and they did, right? We saw him yeah. making more downfield throws. Uh, like we like we said, we saw DD getting a lot of targets in the slot, but overall Minshew looked more comfortable. So, and that was a Thursday game, right? They they've had a week and a half 
to prepare for this Broncos game as opposed to everyone else's one week. So, um, you know, that's another positive sign for the Jaguars. But as far as the Broncos, Joe Flacco has just been unstartable, obviously. Uh, running back-wise, seems like a pretty dead even split between Lindsey and Freeman. Lindsey did have the better end of the week last week, mainly because Freeman got hurt and taken out of the game at one point, and because it started raining and they had to run the ball a lot more. So, um, I'm not... Uh, Lindsey's one of my sell highs, right? I, I just don't trust him for the rest of the season. I think he's projected like 15 points or something crazy this week. I don't think he's going to get close to that. Now, Freeman has been more involved in the passing game, so I don't. Out of these two backs, I like Freeman better. I'm selling Freeman high. I mean, I'm selling Lindsey high. I'm trying to buy Freeman very, very low if I can. But uh, what, what's your take on these Broncos running backs? No, I'm, I'm, I agree with exactly what you said. I, I, I was never high on Lindsey, and I definitely will, will be trying to sell him high. Or if anybody is asking, I'll definitely recommend selling him high. Freeman definitely looks like the one to stash at this point. Uh, the, if you've seen the splits going for the for the first three games, they're way closer than probably anybody anticipated. Um, definitely, whoever was creating the uh, the ADPs uh, this year, because Lindsey was going way higher than Freeman. Yeah, and I mean, it, it it just boils down to workload too and efficiency. And Freeman's just been leading in both categories until he got hurt in the middle of the last game. So we'll see what yep. happens going yep. forward as far as starting either of these guys. Um, you can take a chance on starting one of them, but they're both desperate options this week. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had to choose who to start this week, I would obviously go with Lindsey. I think he has a little bit more, I guess, big playability than, than Freeman, but for, if we're talking about a long term uh, for the rest of the season, I think I'd rather have Freeman. And now, as far as these wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders had a quiet week last week after having a huge game the week before. Sutton seems to be a little more consistent with the deep throws. Flacco really seems to like him. Now, um, who, can you trust either of them this week? And it really boils down to Jalen Ramsey, right? We even talked about this last week as if, if Ramsey played, if he didn't. And it kind of goes the same way this week. If Ramsey doesn't play, these guys both look a lot better. If he does, then, you know, what's your takeaway from that? Exactly. No, you, you, you summed it up perfectly. It's all about Ramsey again here. Uh, and from last I read, he, he called in sick this week, so uh, he may be coming. If he does play, he'll be, he'll be coming maybe a little, little bit rusty without any practice time, but uh, that may change. Like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday, so he may get Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so um, definitely monitor that situation. I mean, it's hard not to start Sanders at this point. Um, even if Ramsey is in there, I can't see him shadowing. Sanders too much. They may uh, kind of bounce around between him and, and Sutton. But like you said, uh, Flacco seems to like hitting Sutton down the sidelines there. Big target. So I, I think we'll see that at least a couple times a game. You'll see you'll see Sutton get a couple uh, deep targets. So he's definitely the more safer play at this point. But uh, I, I like Sanders a little bit better. And the overall thing with Sanders too is the fact that he's playing opposite of Sutton and he's going to be the one drawing coverage from Ramsey if Ramsey's in so that's why I do like Sutton I, I do like Sutton a little bit more and um you know as far as Noah Fant as the other option he had a fumble last week he just hasn't been involved enough Jeff Ironman is there there's just I, I'm not on Noah Fant at all this year and I don't think any of you guys should be either Nah, I, I would never, ever, ever draft or both tight end anyway. Yeah. Not, on, not on any of my teams, that's for sure. Him or Hawkinson. 
Yep, that's same goes for me. But some people like rookie tight ends, apparently. Um, <laughs> the stats don't lie on that one. It's very rarely do they break out. So I'll, I'll, I'll go to the stats on that one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too big on the rookie tight ends either. But um, let's look at the next game here, the Sunday night game. We have Dallas going into New Orleans to play the Saints. Now, Dak Prescott's been on fire. Michael Gallup is expected to miss this game again. Uh, Amari Cooper is going to be going against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, we got Jason Witten, who's surprisingly been decent, but I'm not really trusting Jason Witten. Is there anyone on this offense you're sitting? Obviously, Ezekiel is full go, but are you worried about Cooper in his first Probably, I think it's his first touch, tough matchup of the year without Gallup. No, I'm not really too concerned, man. I mean, you got Cobb and, and Smith is kind of stepping it up as well. So I, I think uh, it'll be tough for them to totally key in on, on Cooper. Now, just, to, just checking out the stats here, actually, New Orleans is 30th so far in the in the, uh, in the league with passing yards, just over, allowing just over 300 per game. So uh, I'm firing up Dak, I'm firing up Zeke, I'm firing up Cooper with, with confidence for sure. And on the other side, we saw Teddy Bridgewater in his debut as a starter with the Saints. Um, Michael Thomas seemed to still be a big part of the offense. He got his, I think he had a touchdown last week, right? Yep, yep. So Michael Thomas still being involved. Jared Cook can't really start him. Uh, Can't really start anyone besides Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, it looks like. Teddy Bridgewater may be a streaming option if you need it. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Dallas' defense is, is, is pretty decent. I mean, they're not the best, but um, I think it could be they, they could be they could be exploitable for sure. Kamara definitely is seeing way more carries than uh, he would if Breeze was in there. So that's that's a, that's a plus or a bonus if you are a Kamara owner. And then uh, Mike Thomas, he's actually probably the most popular stud that um, people are asking me if they should trade. Uh, what are you saying? Do you think the people should trade Thomas right now or or, or not? I mean, you got to hold on to him. Well, his value without Breeze is a lot lower than his value with Bridgewater. But the difference in production, as it seems right now, isn't too big, right? I mean, with Breeze at quarterback, it seems like Thomas is just being... It seems like he just is getting rammed with targets every single week, like 10-plus targets every week. With Bree, I mean, with uh, Bridgewater, he's not getting that huge target share. It's going more towards Kamara and maybe running the ball a little bit more. But um, Thomas is still the focal point of the offense, so he's going to get points week to week. I, I just wouldn't trade him low and lose value. Exactly, that's where I'm at too. And plus, Breeze hopefully will come back at some point this year. Uh, what's the timetable? I think we're about week week eight or week nine. You may be back, um, and that you'll be you'll be heading into fantasy football playoffs just after that. So he's definitely a hold for me. The thing I'm worried about with Breeze though is that it was his throwing hand that he had the yeah. ligaments on his thumb, and uh, that's just not a good sign. Like coming back from that injury sounds like it's. And I know there's the eight week. It was the eight week timetable that they put him on, but um, I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna. If you have Breeze, I'm just kind of dropping him. I'm not hoping for too much if he returns. But uh, I I think we mentioned this before. Never drop someone for nothing. Like you said, trade him for. I mean, I don't know who's trying to trade for Breeze right now, but don't just drop Breeze and just keep an empty spot on your bench. Just if you find someone who gives you more value than Breeze, then do that. But don't just drop someone for no reason. That's at least my take on that. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, someone may not accept the trade, but I mean, it's better to at least try and see what you could get, even if it's a, a backup tight end or a, a third-string running back that may break out later in the year, a guy like Kareem Hunt or something like that that's on suspension that's going to come back. It's definitely better to do that and try than, than just drop and pick up the, uh, the scraps off the waiver wire, basically. Well, Brian, we have one game left. We have the Cincinnati Bengals going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, as far as the Bengals go, Andy Dalton, as we all know, he the Red Rocket starts off hot every year, starts to sizzle down a little bit, and it looks like he's already started to sizzle down uh, from his week last week. Now, as far as Joe Mixon, he did look better against the Bills. He had a 10-plus week. His first 10 plus week of the year. And now he's going against Pittsburgh, who's been pretty decent against the run. But overall, I, I, I'm still starting Joe Mixon. Um, ride the fact that he's healthy and the fact that he's getting a lot of touches. What's your feeling on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling Mixon. Uh, people were definitely concerned. I know my DMs were flooded with the Mixon owners asking me what they should do. But I always tell these guys early in the season, I mean, we're still in the week four, so I guess this is what the. If you think about it in a football game, we're, we're coming up to the end of the first quarter uh, for the fantasy football season. So I'm still rolling him out. He's going to get rolling. Um, he finally had a good game last week, so it, that's, that's definitely uh, promising anyway. I'm trying to look up the, the stats here. I'm going to see what Pittsburgh's rushing defense is looking like. So they're they're near the bottom. They're they're 28th in, in Russia rushing yards. They're just under 140 rushing yards per game. So wow. I, I like that matchup for Mixon. Yeah, and now uh, Giovanni Bernard becoming more and more of an afterthought. Even when Mixon was hurt, he didn't really do too, too much, more so because of this offense. But looking at the wide receivers, like we said last week, we felt like John Ross was going to come down to earth a little bit. He did. Yeah. Um, going to this week, is he going to stay down to earth? I think Tyler Boyd is kind of the only wide receiver you can start. Autumn Tate was a little bit of a surprise, but I'm um, not trusting that at all. Just kind of riding Tyler Boyd and not starting Ross or Tate. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, too. I mean, if the Steelers do have a pretty good secondary now, especially with Fitzpatrick uh, joining the mix there. So uh, staying away from Ross, then, then yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Tyler Boyd pretty much is a weekly starter for me. The kid is talented, and, and the Red Rocket likes to get him the ball. So I'll fire, I'll fire him up each week. Now, on the Steelers' side, the Bengals have one of the worst defenses in the league. Mason Ruff can be a pretty good uh, stream this week? Could be, could be. I'm looking at the stats here. We got, so rushing their last in the league at 168 uh, yards per game. So Connor should finally get back on track, and we might see a, a big 15, 20-point game out of him this week. Passing yards, though, they're, they're, all, they're looking 12th right now, so that's actually not too bad. Um, but, but you know what? I, I think that's a little skewed just because teams are passing early and then just running their brains out for the rest of the game so i don't even think it's so much that they're stopping the pass i think it's more so that the rush is just too good against them to the point where they don't need to pass that's where the that's where stats can get you in trouble right the the, the numbers (laughs) don't always tell the full story so that's a good 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 point for sure 
And especially in the division game with the backup quarterback for the Steelers, it'll probably be a little closer and they probably need to pass a little more. I think Mason Rudolph can be a deep stream if you need to. Um, he did okay last week, but uh, we'll see how he improves this week, especially against this defense. Like you said, James Conner, he has a chance to finally have that big game. But if he doesn't, right? What we were talking about last week with Terry McLaurin. If Terry McLaurin has another good game against Chicago, he's legit. This is what we need to see, and he did. If James Conner does not have a good game against the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm officially over him. And um, not that I was ever really on him all that much. More so just saying, if he can't have a good game against the Bengals, who can he have a good game against? What matchup is okay for him? He's healthy, right? He, he's not hurt or anything, but he's not seeing full complement of snaps, and he's not performing. Yeah, exactly. I'm up, I'm up over that, too. This is like a, like a last chance for Connor, especially where they're being drafted, right? Like, this guy was a... Uh, I mean, McLaurin was going basically undrafted, but Connor was being drafted near the end of the first round. So, like I said, if he can't go off against Cincinnati and they're giving up almost 170 rushing yards per game, then, uh, yeah, I'll be looking to, to dump Connor if I have any shares of him. Now, and what about you? What about Juju? I mean, I, I, I have a left-handed donors in my DMs wondering what to do about Juju. And I think this is uh, another situation where what we're talking about, Connor, to where we're going to know Juju's true value after this game. It's going to be a primetime game. Everybody's going to be able to watch it. And what we're going to be looking for is how involved he is. If he is gets you know the targets, uh, if he has a large target share, because we saw Deontay Johnson seeing a good amount of targets last week. Uh, James Washington isn't really doing too much. These wide receivers are a little tricky. We need to see more of Mason Rudolph. We need another week to see his tendencies, and we're all going to be able to watch this game, so we'll all know more after. If you have Juju, start him this week. Uh, if you have Vance McDonald, don't. Just don't. Just don't. If he, I don't even know if he's playing. Just don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. Yeah, he has an arm injury or a shoulder injury or something too, doesn't he? He's in a sling. McDonald's? Yeah, old McDonald's in a sling right now. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't have any shares of Vance. I don't have any. Uh, I don't really have any shares of Juju either. I just kind of finding myself avoiding because I really didn't like Big Ben at all going into the season. And I, I'm not going to sit here and take credit for the fact that he got injured because that just doesn't make sense. But point is, I, I wasn't high on Big Ben, and it kind of made me go off of Juju a little bit. I was looking at other guys in that ADP range. But, um, yeah, so that's going to do it for this week four podcast. I apologize in advance if some of the segments are a little choppy. We've had a lot of issues with the connection as far as uh, the cellular connection and making sure that's all good for the whole entire podcast. So we had to stop it at some point and go back, delete some of it, and add on. So that's a little choppy. I apologize. We're going to make sure that improves going forward. We have a plan for next week already. So... Um, is there anything you want to add, Brian? I just want to wish all the listeners out there good luck. And if you're whether you're three and zero or one three, it's still early. Let's let's rip off a couple uh, quick wins here and get back on track and uh, look good as we roll into the halfway point. Yeah, and a lot of people tell me they're like, "Oh, I'm zero and three. Is my season over?" There's moves you can make to put yourself in a position to win, but I mean, 
imagine across the whole entire season if you lose three games, right? A lot of people make the playoffs losing six games. So yeah. don't worry about it all that much, right? I, I think your focus goes now from trying to be the best to trying to make the playoffs. And that's just really what it boils down to. Because in most leagues, if you have like 12 people, eight people are going to be in the playoffs. Some leagues, maybe six with buys. But overall, you still have a very good chance of making the playoffs. So don't fret too much. Yeah, Listen to exactly. us. I mean, so exactly. No, if, if you can shoot to, if, if you look back at your league against you, if, if whatever platform you play on, if, if they allow you to look back, if you are just around 500 or above, you have a good shot to make the playoffs. And as, as every year goes with fantasy football, all you need to do is make the playoffs and anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, the number eight seed can win out because you just you just never know how everybody's going to do in the playoffs time. So, um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week for the week five matchups. And uh, just a side note: obviously, Jets and 49ers on a bye for this week four, which is why we didn't mention them. So, thank you, Brian, for joining me, and we'll see you guys next week.